Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A dot com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. On this episode of Bonus Tracks, I am talking to Sean from Middle-Aged Queers about their new album, Shout at the Hetero. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's it's going fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I was listening to the album while I was in the shower. It's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so Shout at the Hetero is the uh, follow-up to our, 2000, uh, our 2020 uh, debut too fag for love and we when we recorded the first record the the title of of too fag for love was was a joke that we uttered while we were in the recording studio that once once we put it out there there was no putting it back in uh and so uh we just decided that because we were doing a a shorter lp that could fit on a 10 inch again we would continue with the the motley crew parodies uh for this record as well uh so shout at the hetero was was written and recorded when we were uh supposed to be uh going out on the road to support the first record um and it was I'd say like the the first the first track on the record was actually uh written by me like the first 3 weeks with sometime within the first 3 weeks of the pandemic um and uh and I'm glad that we stuck it first because it was really sort of like the the thing that as we were all texting each other kind of lamenting that we weren't like going on tour or playing any of the festivals that we'd scheduled that kind of like kept us in contact with each other and kicked things off was like sending really terrible iPhone recordings back and forth and going, what about this? And then we fleshed it all out. Uh, We fleshed it all out here and there. So like we had one of the only practice spaces in the Bay area that like didn't completely shut down. So we, we, when they started doing uh you know, the suggestion of like, you can have like your little pod of a dozen people. Uh, We were like, okay, well, we're all each other's pods. So um, we would go in and then when numbers would start to increase, we would stop practicing for a little bit and start, stop fleshing out songs, Uh, wait a few months, numbers would go down, then we'd come back. And then when it was time to record, uh, I think we had to reschedule the recording two or three times uh, because the studio that we had scheduled at kept on saying numbers are too high for our comfortability. Like let's push this back by three months. And in keeping with that, uh, I think we sent, we sent, we sent the, the final mastered version of the record off to the pressing plant in May of 2021. 
I just found out that they're finally getting pressed on vinyl later this month. So the the whole the whole uh, process of this this record was very uh, start and stop, start and stop, which you know I feel like is re- reflected in in the frustration that a lot of a lot of uh, smaller musicians are kind of facing in a uh, I guess it's it's I can't say post pandemic because we're still in a pandemic, but uh, a post lockdown, a post shelter in place world. So if I was going to build a middle-aged queers type playlist what's what what kind of vibe would i be getting into oh anything from like older older sort of mid-tempo punk rock like uh you know late 70s early 80s stuff like zero boys or uh suburban lawns who are from southern california or or the middle class who we we cover to stuff that's happening today like a hundred gex um a hundred gex is like a, a band that um some of us really really enjoy and have seen live a bunch or health our our while we play like a very specific like subgenre of punk rock our our tastes are all over the map uh our current guitarist who who joined us uh eh, they've been with us for a little over a year now uh played in the shondas which is a brooklyn based sort of like like a, a jewish folk punk klezmer band so all of us kind of come from from di- various different backgrounds, um, but you know, all have the the commonality of punk rock. What time of day are you most creative? I would say probably early morning. Early morning is when I like to do a lot of. Well, I feel like my brain isn't awake enough yet early in the morning to tell myself uh, that something is a silly idea, or even like I don't know. I love the early morning because I can't talk myself out of something. So I just kind of forge ahead. And I even find that it like works with going to the gym. Like if I go to the gym at 7 a.m., I'm not going to be able to talk myself out of it the same way that if I pick up uh, a guitar at you know 7 a.m., I'm not going to go, mm, but that's been done before um, and have those like sort of self-doubt talks in my head. So if this uh, interview suddenly turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, which song from the album do you open with? Oh, hmm. I'd probably say Turf's Up. Um, we've only played that song a few times live, and the reaction to it is has always been really good. And that one, like, almost didn't make it. Uh, we were sort of, as we were kind of churning it out, we were like, oh, this is this song's only, like, a minute long. Maybe we should pull it back and, like, do more with it. But I was very insistent that we uh, we keep it as it is, uh, on the record, just the energy is there on that one. I I would prior to saying prior to playing that one out live, I would have said Size Queen, and in fact, for a while we were starting off with Size Queen. What advice would you give to the next generation of artists making music and performing and getting out there? Isn't for isn't for the people who is it, it? It's not necessarily a game of like who's who's the most gifted or who's the most skilled. It's it's simply a matter of who is doing it. I've said this a few times to friends that like I'm I'm sure that like my favorite band in the world um, has existed and already broken up, and I'll never hear them because like they never left their hometown and they never recorded anything. So it's not a matter of like, it's not a matter of just waiting for people to go out there and find you and believe you. It's just a matter of like you going out there and recruiting them. How much uh, personal experience did you draw from when writing this album? Like how much of the band is in this album? There's there's a considerable amount uh, in a lot of lot of stuff. I would say that the only one that I didn't draw from my own personal experience 
uh, was Turfs Up. And that's because at the, you know, at the time, the band was comprised of all uh, cis people. So um, that was that song was more of like a statement of solidarity. Uh, we did recruit a whole bunch of like uh, trans homies to like do backing vocals. I'd say the majority of them just recorded their vocals on their iPhones and then sent me the files and we patched it in. But I'd say that one was probably the outlier. Surrender Dorothy is probably the one that's like the most personal to Josh and I. And that one is very odd in that it is a lot slower than the rest of our stuff. Uh, it kind of has like a, a a joy division feel to it. Josh had been holding on to that that song for probably like since he was 14. Uh, so like since the this late 70s, early 80s. And he just never really like felt felt like it was appropriate to use in any of his other bands. And the first time we played it, I knew exactly what I wanted it to be about. And as a formerly homeless San Franciscan uh, who was a young person at that time, uh, it really hits home. As far as like writing the actual music, not not specifically lyric content. You know, I, I I pull from all sorts of places. I know Josh does. Josh and I are are the prime primary songwriters. When I was listening to this, or when I was, when we were working on this record, uh, I was listening to a lot of Battalion of Saints, Zero Boys and Suburban Lawns, who I, I think I mentioned earlier in, in this interview. Uh, it kind of surprises me after like giving that record a little bit of a pause and then listening to it again and going like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's definitely all of those bands mixed in there. If you had an extra hour in the day, what would you do with it? I do more art. Uh, I really, I have a, I have a, 80 year old movable type printing press in my basement uh, that actually got uh, from the bassist of American Steel before he moved to Berlin uh, and a, a huge collection of type. And I absolutely love uh, printing and making pop art uh, with that. I love kind of taking outdated modes of of communication and, and toying with them. Um, so probably that I would do do more more letterpress printing. Tell me about the moment that you decided you wanted to pursue music. I can't remember the song that it was for, but I, I think I was probably like nine or 10 years old. And uh, I was watching a video with Poison. Uh, so it was like probably like 1989 or something. And it was like, uh, it was an older video when they had really big hair. And I just like, remember looking and being like this is some alternative universe where like there are there are gender bending like you know kind of hair metal bands uh it wasn't until like i was probably 12 that the the notion of like not not playing huge stadiums that like anybody could do a show was introduced to me faith no more uh was from our area and I'd found a record that Faith No More had put out uh, that didn't have Mike Patton on it, and it was on an independent record label. Uh, and I remember kind of asking the the woman, there was a, a little neighborhood record store near our house, and I remember asking this gal who worked there, uh, this teenager who I'd gotten friendly with, like how that was possible. And she made me this mixtape of all of these bands who were playing around in the Bay Area at the time. And then once I kind of knew about that, and then I learned about all ages shows, uh, specifically at places like uh, 924 Gilman Street, uh, I was hooked. And it was just a matter of time before I could like meet the right people and start playing in bands. What do you want people to get from uh, Shout at the Hetero? It's definitely a darker record than our first, but I still think that like the first, there's a certain level of, of defiant joy. And our, our guitarist Fury has talked about defiant joy a few times, and it's really resonated with me that like, despite despite everything sometimes like the best thing 
that one can do is be happy in the face of adversity. Like there's nothing, there's nothing more that, that your detractors hate than seeing that like you're happy despite whatever. What, what song from shout at the hetero do you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Oh, size queen. Just that, that intro, that intro would be perfect for a a car chase. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on shout at the hetero. So uh, you can get a copy of it from our band camp, uh, which is middleagequeers.bandcamp.com. And there's two different variants that are available there. Uh, There's our variant, which is pink and black. And then we also have the CD that's available now uh there is sell the heart records which was also the label that put out our first record and say 10 records and i think that's just say 10 say 10.com and it's available in two different variants over there collect them all if you're a completist and it's streaming on all the apps yeah those are the various different ways or come see us play and pick it up at a show we're on facebook facebook.com slash middle queers uh same with instagram instagram.com slash middle queers uh, and we just got on twitter it's middle queers without the u uh because somebody had already taken middle queers <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to talk to me about uh, the new album. Uh, as I told you before we started recording, it's it's fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent. 